Hello and welcome to Reptoid Screenings, episode 92. With me is our regular host, Jackson. Hello. And Destiny. Hi. I almost forgot how to enter this podcast briefly. I'll be honest with you. I had a moment. I was like, shit, I don't know what I say. Uh, it happens. Uh, movies. Now less than ever. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> now. <laughs> never. So, uh, f- house cleaning out of the way first. Um, we are taking probably the rest of July off. Because we hate movies. No, that's not it. <laughs> um, Destiny is going to go house sit. Uh, and uh, d- we both were like, eh, let's just not worry about packing the microphone and doing that stuff and everything. Um, and we had decided that we were going to just do that for like a little bit of a break. And then um, an opportunity came down the pike where uh, our sister podcast, Ornate Stairwells, uh, Autumn is taking a month off just to, for a mental health break. Um, and so I will be continuing podcasting about movies. More, we're going to do three episodes. It's bi-weekly, but we already did one early before Neve goes on vacation. Um, and you can listen to that at exportaud.io. Uh, if you support the Export Audio Patreon, which you should do, you get the episodes a week early. I think our first episode that we did that was on Sweet Home will drop in the Patreon feed next week and then free the week after that. That's how they do stuff. We we never release podcasts that way, so it's always really weird to me. Um but um, I'll be co-hosting with Neve on that. So if you want to hear me talk about movies, I'm still going to be talking about movies. In fact, Neve expects way more work than uh, you two. So I have to actually show up and uh, try more. Well, what the fuck? <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm just uh, saying that, that this is a very chill podcast. And Running Stairwells is not a chill podcast. I mean, it has a chill energy. But I feel like it is way more in, you know, it, it is their abnormal mapping. They put a lot of time into it. Uh, Destiny, I think I'm called us uh, losers. I didn't. I also, <laughs> I'm not sitting here like, oh, I want Red Screens to be one we put a bunch of time into. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but we we all know this is the chill one. Okay. I'm just enjoying you getting all flustered for once. You are roasting me about a thing I care a lot about, which is podcasting. Uh, I know. It's you know it's so easy. I see how you get away with it all the time. You just, just kinda yeah. say a few things and then the other person goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that means that uh the things I watched, which were Sweet Home, the film, uh the classic film, uh Kyoshi Kurosawa. Actually it's not that classic, it's like a total B movie, but I had a good time. Um and uh 2019's Joker. Um I talked about both those on st- uh, stairwells, which you can listen to this week if you pledge the Export Audio Patreon, which you should do. Export audio. Uh you help out everyone on that network if you do that, which you should. But that's, I literally have nothing else. Uh, I wouldn't have had anything else if I hadn't had to do that stuff um, because I wasn't in a movie watching mood. I'm trying to grind through Final Fantasy 16. So. That, that's like watching a movie. <laughs> Many times it is like watching a movie, but one where I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go check my phone. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh no. she's showing She's showing the map screen again. I'm going to go get a drink of water, go to the bathroom, just leave it running. I'll come back and she'll still be talking. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you want to learn about how good movies generally are at pacing, I recommend watching some cutscenes from Final Fantasy 16. This is almost every AAA game, to be fair. This is not a uniquely Final yes. Fantasy problem, but yes. This is the one that we were excited for, so we're like really hit yeah. in the face with like, oh, right, video games. Yeah. Um... You know what? I watched The Fucking Hobbit last week, so uh, I can't talk Oh, about- right! You watched The Hobbit! How'd that go? You go listen to another Expo Audio <laughs> <laughs> Which is where we, me and M, talk about movies now. Uh, our Mordor movie night. Me and Nora, are the only ones remaining, watching The Hobbit. I uh, watched the first Hobbit movie, uh, An Unexpected Journey. It was 
fucking bad. Oh my god, it was bad. I remember that being the good one is the worst part. That's the worst part. It is the, it is the good one. <laughs> it is the good one. Oh, I no. remember two being unbearable. You got the fucking romance shit coming up. I got Stephen Fry running around. Yes. Dale being a goofy idiot. Yeah. Um, that movie's going to suck so bad, so we've got to do that in the next couple of weeks. Two of those left, and then we're free. You're already nice. free, but... Uh, yeah. No, no, no. Though Nora did convince me. I got, I've got, like, tomorrow I have to watch a... a Dungeon Dragons film for Nora because I'm filling in on part of my franchise. So it's probably half the length of a single Hobbit film. If you would, no if matter you would how like to listen is. to me watch the Dungeons and Dragons sequel, what is this called? Let me look at my torrents folder. <clears throat> Officer, I do. I, I I just call it that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is called a Dungeons and Dragons: Wrath of the Dragon God. It's from 2005. It's a directed DVD movie. Wrath of the Dragon God? Is that the Evie Bell one or the one after the Evie Bell one? I don't know. Nora just told me this is the one I was doing. Wrath of the Dragon God. If uh, Nora hooked me for an Uwe Boll movie, I'm going to be pissed. No, this is by Jerry Lively. Well, there was that. Hang on. There was a real movie in 2000? It was like a real yes, movie. Yes, there was a real movie. This is the sequel to that. Um, this is the guy who directed Darkness Falls. That's his big thing. Sure. He also did the third movie, which I think Kim is going to be on, called Dungeon Dragons 3, The Book of Vile Darkness. I hate when there's a book of vile darkness. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Me too. I'm not watching the first movie, and this is a sequel to that, I think, so that's going to be fucking weird. It does say it serves as a standalone sequel. Oh, thank which... Christ. Because <laughs> I will not be watching Dungeons and Dragons from the year 2000. You don't want to see what Jeremy Irons is up to? No. Anyway, enough talking about movies I haven't seen. Did you watch anything else, Jackson? No, absolutely not. Destiny, I, have you watched anything? I watched a fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> I watched, uh, oh, hold on. Let me grab the year. Yeah, you don't remember what it's called. I th- you no, said, like, I it's remember what it was called. Cool it was, I remember what it was called. I don't remember what year it came out. I, I saw El Topo. Oh, right. Um, the Hodorowsky film. Give me a second to date it. 1970. Yes. Uh, I'd seen it before. Uh, it's the infamous uh, Mexican acid Western art film. I'm just reading straight from Wikipedia. Uh, it's very uh, Hodorowsky. <laughs> yes. He's he's uh, plays this uh, very... A spiritual man named El Topo who abandons his son in the desert and he has to, you know, he goes for a woman and the woman's like, you got to kill all the masters. So he goes through one by one. Uh, he's a gunslinger and he like, you know, is gonna kill all these eccentric uh, masters and he ends up kind of becoming the savior of this group of like ill-disabled people and it's just a whole, it's a whole lot happens. A whole lot happens. Um, it's a very weird movie. Uh, sometimes I was into it. Sometimes I wasn't. This is my second time seeing it for the first time in, um, Yeah, decade. I saw Topo in my 20, in my early yeah, 20s. Same here. So. And, uh, just, you know, disclaimer, Alejandro Hordorowski is very gross. Yeah, he is turbo canceled. He's Hella cancelled. Um anyway. Uh 
Yeah, it's, it's a it's a movie that I, I like Holy Mountain better. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna say. Um, okay. But yeah, I remember liking El Topo more. Okay. But, um, I've not felt particularly compelled to revisit either of them. Mm. Yeah, I'd like to revisit Holy Mountain because it's, it's also been a long time. But I just think I like the imagery better, and I kind of mm-hmm. like what it's trying to say a little more. Speaks to me a little more. But this, it, it's. It's a lot of interesting images and uh, not a lot of great ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, I guess if that's it, we should get into our movie club movie. Yeah. All right. We watched this week Funeral Parade of Roses, the 1969 film uh, written and directed by Toshio Matsumoto. Uh, a loose adaptation of Oedipus Rex. If the wall of Oedipus Rex posters did not tip you off. That they stand in front of sometimes in this movie. Yes. Uh, Jackson, would you like to no. briefly summarize? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to fucking say? I mean, I believe uh, in you. I believe in I you. I mean, also. The, the movie is about, like, uh, Eddie and the other, uh, like, transgender women in Tokyo in, like, a nightclub scene. Uh, that are all like hanging out having a bad time um she's just like navigating her way uh through that whole situation um and the plot of oedipus rex happens to them while (laughs) while there's like cutaways and a bunch of like sequences of just going out and what it's like and taking drugs and doing things uh and uh a bunch of like cool just avant-garde filmmaking stuff happening as you exist in Tokyo. Uh, the Oedipus Rex thing is the plot. She does hook up with a, uh, you know, with a guy and realizes uh, he realizes, wait, I am her dad. Uh, and then he kills herself and then she stabs her eyes out at the end. Um, but that is like incidental to the actual experience of just like the absolute nature of watching stuff happen in this little like uh, subculture yes. in the movie. That's true. Um, and that really is the plot. Like it, it there's, there's a more detailed plot somewhere on Wikipedia, but it doesn't, accurately get across like the actual experience of watching the movie which is so much more about the formal choices made yes that's correct yeah this is my first uh art theater guild film which is like the movement in the 60s and the 70s in japan to like releasing like art house movies like it's a production company but everything is like of a certain type of like vibe is my impression Um, but yeah, Destiny, you've seen this before. Yes, I have. Why'd you pick it? I picked it because I think it captures something that, like, you just don't, like, get, like, how else would you see this if not for a movie? Um, I think it just, it it feels like a, a time capsule and a dream at the same time. I love the way it looks. Um, I love the bits where... You're kind of taken out of the main Oedipus plot and you're just kind of put into this documentary space mm-hmm. um, or like the making of the movie itself. And I, I, that stuff really is it elevates the movie for me. Um, I think if it was just about what it you know, about Eddie and her troubles and that sort of thing. I don't know. It, it'd still be an interesting movie, but. I, I just think that the, all the other stuff just sort of elevates it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I really like it. Um, but yeah. Um, I also like that, um, 
just sort of, I don't know, it, it's obviously, like, transphobia is there, but, like, I don't know, it's it's just, it's an interesting way the scene is portrayed, I, I don't know, I don't know how what I'm trying to say, but it, I it's just, it's refreshing to not, they're suffering, but it doesn't feel, like, yucky in the same way, like, did you guys ever see uh, Fantastic Woman? No. That movie is just a trans woman going through hell, and I, I'm i like, who is this for? <laughs> um, But yeah, just, it, it's not, uh, like, it's uncomfortable, but it's not, uh, Funeral Prayer of Roses is uncomfortable, but not in the way that movie is. Um, My thing with that is, like, all of the drama comes from interpersonal interaction in the space. It's like the Madam's jealousy of Eddie as, like, the person who's taking her, like, sugar daddy away from her, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all, um, like, internal drama, which makes yeah. it interesting. Yeah, like, and it, it, like, there's, like, there's, like, this implication that she's, she's, she's got a guy to hire someone to, like, m- like, m- you know, disfigure Eddie's face. It never comes to pass because the movie ends. <laughs> um, Eddie already does that uh, to herself. But, like, the, the drama in there is all, like, inter-community conflict. And that stuff, I think, is, like... It 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 robs it of the like, and I mean this in like a good way. It, it takes away the power of those narratives of like, oh, the violence of you know cis heteronormity society doing violence to queer people, and it's good. <laughs> yeah, queer people can do violence themselves just fine. Thank you, like normal movies. <laughs> yes. yes, um, the way like being trans is just sort of painted alongside the. That's not a good verb. Painted. Uh, it, it sort of put alongside um the same youthful like uh sense of like adventure and experimentation and playfulness as like getting high and making art movies and uh being Doing part of the protests yeah yeah the counterculture is just really um i don't know it, i i find it really um like a really interesting uh portrayal like i really like that Mm. yeah of course eddie has like the world's most tragic backstory which is like so overwrought as to be the when it it is revealed because eddie is like dad skipped out on the family and eddie's mom is like oh i need a new man and eddie's like oh you know in in pure like teen boy mode it's like oh i can be the man of the house and then finds uh, her mother sleeping with like another guy's like a guy's home and like fooling around there and he rushes in and stabs them both to death um, and then ran run away from home and transitioned and uh, just has this like trauma bubbling underneath. And then, you know, the stuff that turns out that she's sleeping with her father and didn't know it because the one picture that she has of her family, the father's face is burned out with a cigarette like hole um, is is depicted with a sort of like grim uh like art like film realism that because the rest of the movie is so playful feels like a, like goofy to me yes um the this the scene where she stabs her mother to death is just like this one long shot of her just doing like protractedly stabbing her in the stomach um and it's filmed it doesn't have the soundtrack but it's filmed not dissimilarly to the like ridiculous sex scenes of the movie that fake Che Guevara is making <laughs> um, which all have circus music underneath them because the art film in this movie being shot is a fucking cartoon yeah I love fake Guevara um, 
<laughs> just that beard. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, yeah. I mean, the movie is like really funny. Um, it's very, um, it's almost uh, like, operatic. It's, it's, the, the it's just constantly like, yeah, it's just constantly like bursting its own bubble. Yes. Uh, like, at the end, when all the big tragic violence stuff happens, there's, like, an end cut of a guy going, wow, what a movie that really told us the <laughs> truth about the fucking tragic nature of people. Just, like, entirely blowing up the idea that this is meant to be, like, a grand tragedy happening. What happens, like, uh, right before the actual ending where Eddie stumbles out blind, right? Like, yes. It's like, oh, that like was quite just... horrific, wasn't it? What a film. What a picture. <laughs> so fucking funny. Uh, reminded me of, like, um, uh, F fake. <laughs> yes uh, yeah that it yeah. reminds me of like the like 30s and 40s like french cinema mm-hmm. um that also is like you know doing the talking to camera uh, coaching the film in like a narration of the narrative um that i think is like really good there's a bit of like the like the film uh like classification like the board classification is just an intertitle in the middle of the movie for no good reason i love that yes. yeah yeah um, and uh, there's a bit where it's like there's a there's a whole scene where there's just like a thunderous applause like please clap here um, sign that fl- flashes up um, and also the movie itself is like there's a bit where they're multiple times in the movie they're actively interviewing the actors about being in the film which I love <laughs> yeah that's my absolute favorite um, part of the film because the bit where uh, Peter the the actress who plays Eddie is being asked about being in the role it's like well eddie's a lot like me um you know we all grew up in like really weird family situations and we're living our lives and you know it's it's a lot of fun but you never quite know how things are going to work out i i didn't really have the incest thing and this is this is 20 minutes before the incest plot happens it just totally spoils the story of the movie (laughs) (laughs) yes watching them just rob their climax oh like it just becomes an inevitability you're like oh i right i should have picked up because they there's literally multiple scenes of Eddie standing in front of Oedipus Rex posters, but I'm like, oh, they're just going to do an Oedipus Rex because that's the only way this works. Um, but uh, it's very fun to watch them just pop the bubble of that because it is a movie that just does, uh, believes that you don't need a coherent, like, enshrined narrative to matter. Yes. And I, yeah, that's true. It's nice. <laughs> it's really nice. It's refreshing. Not that it doesn't have one, right? There's plenty of movies without narratives. This one has one. It just doesn't take it very seriously. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's like just um you know, drawing attention to the fact that this is all fake and dumb. Yes. Uh, in a way. But not in like a mocking way. It's not doing a modern oh, no. or I guess a more postmodern like uh this thing with a story and we arranged it for you and haha, look at all these people on the board. It's much more just about just like dressing the artificiality of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Reminds me a lot of um the last two Wes Anderson movies have kind of been playing with that. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, the thing, watching this, my, my main takeaway, like, halfway in the movie was like, motherfucker, Yakuza is such a coward series. Oh, well, yeah? I mean, you can say that watching literally any Japanese movie made since 1965? Yes, that's <laughs> like probably that. true. <laughs> Maybe earlier, I don't know. Maybe, you know. That is just, I, like, just the space they're in. These these very, like, eccentric and, like, iconic characters walking around Tokyo in these, like, kind of seedy melodrama plots. But, like, none of them matter that much. And they're all kind of taken with a very light touch. And they all kind of cohere into, like, a meta-narrative of, like, what life is like. I just look at, uh, you know, 
the version of that that uh, everyone talks up, which is video game series Yakuza, and go, man, this thing fucking sucks. <laughs> there, is a, there is a scene in this movie where, like, a Yakuza uh, fight happens. Not, like, in a, specifically, they, they approach a bunch of, like, other girls, and they all, like, get their own intro cards, yes. like it's going into a random battle. Uh, yes. Obviously, it's not. It's from the 60s. It's not, it's not pulling from that. But just, like, the imagery is so similar to what becomes this, like, video game standard operating in a similar genre space. I was like, oh, damn. Yes. They even yeah. have, like, little fight poses. And, like, <laughs> yeah. poses. Yeah. matching uh, tattoos or whatever. It's really good. It's uh, so there's a good. bit also where uh, Eddie and the Madam of the Place have, like, a showdown that becomes, like, a Western version of the Crank 2 Kaiju battle where they suddenly get <laughs> pop guns and cowboy hats and they're, like, facing off with each other in, like, a metaphor for their battle. Um, yes. And it's just really good. <laughs> I, love- uh, I love that. And then they, have, then they have, like, a ridiculous slap fight instead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love the, um... Is it the first, like... It's not the first sex scene, but the sex scene between the American guy and Eddie, where it, uh, you know, the, like it just cuts away to, the, or cuts back to the, the sex scene being filmed. Yes. Uh, that first break is so surprising. Um, well, it's weird because the, the minute that happens, I'm like, is this meant to be revealing the film Funeral Parade of Roses being shot or is it? them shooting a movie within the movie it turns out it's them shooting the movie within the movie but for a second you just have no idea you're just totally unmoored from like what you're looking at yeah it's really cool um i do love the ridiculous like that sex scene um which is filmed very like intensely like it's got a whole like you know new wave vibe to it it pans dramatically over to the american's coat where he has a picture of himself as like a soldier in in like korea i assume at that point um and uh, then, then the wide shot happens and Eddie's just lying on her stomach at, like as the crew is like jostling her in bed and the, the American's sitting on the other side of the bed just kind of like chilling. <laughs> I love that. He's just so, <laughs> just watching Eddie. <laughs> yeah, just like, okay, I guess I'll wait till they call cut. <laughs> yeah, a lot of great little moments in this film. Yes. <laughs> And like, yeah, that was the thing that, that surprised me is just like the levity, but like the scope of it. Like, you know, you get the you get the student protests, you get everyone doing drugs, you get um, the just like the the vibe of like mod era Japan, where a generation comes up with like money and culture enough to like go out in the mall and buy cute clothes and go eat ice cream and talk to other, like run across rival gangs that are like they're in their own stupid like going around buying stuff dressing cool movie (laughs) yeah yeah uh it it was it was a good time i was um surprised uh how much i liked it because i i feel like i'm generally um the most boring in that like i generally like a story (laughs) <laughs> um i'm not as um i haven't watched as much uh like art housey type stuff as you uh mm. but uh i had a good time good movie yeah uh the actual movie that, that uh guevara shoots in this is so like i thought i always thought of the one i thought of was the um 
Kirk in Gilmore Girls shoots an art like an art house movie <laughs> for yes. like the film festival in Stars Hollow, and it's just like the most fake Bergman nonsense film in the entire world. And that's kind of what that looked like, and it made me laugh so much. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you both liked the movie. Yeah, it's not like any, or it's unlike anything I've ever seen. It's it's something. And I'm glad it's getting sort of its recognition. Unfortunately, the director passed away in 2017, so I don't think... I don't know if he, like, got to see it get sort of brought back out into the world, but I hope he did, because it's a really cool movie. I'd like Mm. to see more of his stuff. I know it's... it's, uh, He did a lot of work, so I'd like to scope it out. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Do we have anything else or should we move to questions? We can move to questions. All right. If you want to send a question, you can do that at enrollmappingpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, our question of the week this past week was what was your favorite like meta construction or meta moment in movies? Um, and, uh, we got a couple emails. I'll read through them. Uh, so, uh, Luke writes in my favorite meta narrative moment in a movie was the ending of Don Hertzfeld. Such a beautiful day. Um, which uh, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it, but it's one of those. People can watch that. It's just a short film online. Problem is a lot of people had to talk around the endings of their movies and sending these emails. Yeah, it's a hard question to answer. Mm. Uh, My answers are not actually the endings of their movies. Yeah, mine is just a movie. (laughs) uh, Uh, Rose writes in, um... (laughs) Fake Che Guevara is working to secure funding for his next film. You, popular funder of experimental films, have the means to fund his next project under one condition. You need to choose the subject of his next film. What do you want to see him make? How big of a budget would you give him? Is there anyone you would stunt cast to help secure Che's next film as a breakout success? Does it have to be a 60s Japanese guy? Like No, 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 no. It can be anybody. <laughs> We're pulling okay. time. I'm like, I, don't, I just don't have the familiarity. I'm not Neve. I can't answer that in the... <laughs> Uh, hmm. So through time, who do I get to be in the really dumb uh, movie that he would make? Oh, I didn't think about this beforehand. Uh, all right, I guess I will go then. I would give uh, fake Che Guevara. $40 million to make a sci-fi movie starring 90 Samuel Jackson and today's Parker Posey. Ooh. <laughs> what a mix. I love that. I would see the hell out of that. Are you kidding? Yes. Thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. What do you even do? <laughs> wow. damn. What was that? <laughs> was that Google Assistant? I was Siri. Oh, Siri is very sultry over there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sexy Siri watch. I didn't think about that, but I guess I do. Answer the question. <laughs> Destiny. Oh, um, I would probably do like a um, sort of road movie. Uh, I Like a very uh, sort of mid-budget a uh, road movie with erotic thriller elements with um I'm trying to think who's this generation's like Kiefer Sutherland type <laughs> Do we have one like John Krasinski <laughs> Is he really? 
He literally has a 24 show of his own. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, well, yeah. Okay, John Krasinski oh. and... Uh, oh, so <laughs> I, I just, movie of vile energy. For the I, I need someone with that type that, like, I, I'm, I'm thinking more of, like, a... Uh, can I use any era of any actor? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah, you yeah. did. Okay, so, like, 90s James Spader... And it's not, it's such a different energy. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe like a, like a Sandra Bullock, and, and it would be uh, my sexy road movie. Okay. Uh, I am giving him 90s John Goodman. Oh, Ooh. fuck yeah. And the movie is a, like it says, a Coen Brothers-esque just kind of crime comedy, but it's set in... um. Uh, like Wimbledon, the tennis thing. John Goodman's like a fucking, I don't know, uh, American groundsman who's come over and is interacting with the annoying high society sports people. Uh, did you ever, before everyone stopped watching Woody Allen movies, did you ever see Match Point? I've, n- I've not seen Match Point. Is it literally this? Is there a murder in that movie? No, I, think I mean, like a- it is like a tennis movie with like a murder mystery happening, yeah. Um, I didn't know there was a murder mystery in it, but I was like, the, <laughs> uh, the fucking tennis has been on the TV. It's not Wimbledon yet, but my mum's watching it. I'm like, man, tennis people are so fucking weird. I was almost a tennis person. I was like really good at tennis as a kid, but I wasn't rich enough to like, I wasn't good enough or rich enough to like make that a thing, yes. right? Um, so I just kind of like dropped out, but I had enough brushes with those kind of people. That it is a fascinating subculture and I'm throwing, <laughs> having Jacob, fake Jacob R make a film with 90s John Goodman about it. The I love it. Is, the plus side is you have knees now. I do have knees now. My wrist might be fucked from all the gaming, but yeah. um, but your knees are fine. My knees are fine. Yes. Um, Tron writes in uh, with the question of the week answer of the Blair Witch Project, which uh, I think the whole existence of the Blair Witch Project counts there. Fair enough. Right on. Um, what's your favorite looking shot in this movie? Hmm. When the, they show the uh, cemetery sinking, and Eddie's like, I hope the whole country sinks. <laughs> uh, I think it's just whenever they like, there's a dramatic moment, and then they cut to like, you know, a wide angle, of, and then the clown music plays, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which happens oh, multiple times yeah. in the film they're making. Um, just uh, uh, extreme puncturing the bubble uh yeah no fair enough i uh i genuinely just like the shots of 60s japan the streets with like eight thousand signs mm-hmm. um truly a remarkable place to set your movie there should be more movies i should watch more 60s and 70s japanese film is my, yes uh, i'm gonna say there's a lot of them um, there are a lot of them i just haven't watched that many of them um what movie would you like to see interviews of the actors inserted into the movie ah uh, so many movies <laughs> um uh Fitzcarraldo obviously oh hell yeah <laughs> doesn't that basically exist yes that's, yes, that's kind oh, of cheating i want to i want to intercut uh heart of darkness and apocalypse now cheating 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 <laughs> okay fine i'll think of a different answer fine um oh lord of the rings lord of the rings would be a good one I like fucking Frodo on Mountain Doom. Like, oh, I, I don't remember the taste of bread. As it cuts to like fucking uh, shot acid and, and, and um, Elijah Wood just like being goofs. Oh, that's a good answer. Um, for me, uh, Mama Mia because that just looks Fuck. like the most fun 
like group people just having a good time and i feel like that would be an interesting one to get interviews uh during the making of mm. uh in the midst love Ooh. fuck that's a good one that also just, totally pops the bubble of that movie. Yes. Yeah, it does. <laughs> like he's staring out, looking into the thing, and then they just cut to them talking about, yeah, it was kind of like the, the needles were very good in this place or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um Rick then writes in with answers the prompt. First one is the film Accidental Death the Anarchist, which has an ending tying into the fact it's a T British TV movie from the eighties, which I should I should watch that. I know Rick's talked it up a lot. Um yeah. and then Oshima's Death by Hanging uh just as a meta film it opens with the narration of the audience being told uh the approval and disapproval stats for executions in japan at the time and uh yeah that sounds pretty good i haven't seen that either i would like um, to see those both yeah again if you have emails abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com uh we won't be back for a couple weeks so you got plenty of time uh what's everyone's answer to the prompt what's your favorite meta movie meta moment whatever uh an easy Oh, go ahead. I was going to say the easy, obvious one uh, is uh, Ocean's Twelve. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. that's full. Yeah, that's 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 a great full-on moment. Uh, delightful, stupid movie that one is. Um, one of mine um, in a movie that is not very good is uh, Goodwill Hunting Two: Hunting Season in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> that, movie, that movie is not very good. But then he does blow that guy off and go, now how do you like them apples? Yeah, yeah. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and Gus Van Sant are all shoot this movie. And it's it's funny because like Ben Affleck's in the movie as his his character from Chasing Amy, and yes. it just two just coexist and there's no no there's no question about that. Um which I love. <laughs> um the entire movie of uh Last Action Hero is also this. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Especially like towards the end where you go into the real world and Jack Slater meets uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it's like, why am I just a stuffed shirt actor? This sucks. <laughs> Mine is uh, the movie Adaptation, which is a yeah. li- literal adaptation of Charlie Kaufman having writer's block trying to adopt this Susan Orlean movie. And so he uh, has um, a twin brother. And then like Susan Orlean is like this bad guy. And it's just like, there's just a lot happening. It's Charlie Kaufman being Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we already covered it for fake. That's the one no one gets to say because it's the obvious answer. Yes. People should watch that for if you if you're listening to this and you've not watched that for fake, go watch that for fake. It's really good. Please, please watch some Orson Welles for your friends here at uh repertory screenings. Yeah. Um yeah. All right. That's uh, that's it. Next month, or yeah, I guess next month actually, uh, we're going to be watching <laughs> Master and Commander: Far Side of the World. Yeah, <laughs> finally. So everyone, get excited for that. Ocean fucking like classic of cinema. Month. I've seen I've seen no less than three people watch that movie this week, and I was like, is someone else doing this? And I fucking got scoped, and I should change the movie. And I was like, no, I will stay the course. We're we're watching this in a couple weeks, um, and I want to rewatch it. So we're gonna watch it. Um, yeah, probably oceans are not battlefields. <laughs> Oceans are now battlefields. Um, my question of the week is: What is your favorite non uh, non commentary DVD special feature? Shut up, Siri. Siri. No commentaries allowed. But single special feature. You can't just say the entirety of like the Fellowship of the Ring. You got to point to the one thing you like in the big disc set. I don't fucking know. I just don't.
don't yeah, know. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't me. have a memory like this, I but I'll know. do my best. I'll do my people, best. People write in. People write in. We are getting tortured by these questions. <laughs> no, I, I have like I have like six answers. I was thinking about this on the drive home. So I was like, I have so many answers to this one. <laughs> Trivia thing. Every single question of the week, I'm like sweating. I'm like fluff sweat broke up news over here. Like, oh, I've never seen a movie before in my fucking life. I hate this. <laughs> Which special features have I seen? I got nothing for you. I got fucking nothing. Well, if you want to, you want to be Jackson got, and say something broad and obvious. Go right ahead. Uh, I got a month to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> you can do it. I never watched special. I watched these commentaries and I watched the deleted scenes. This was me for a decade when I was buying DVDs. <laughs> Shaking my head. I always like. I mean, to- if, if, if that's what you got, that's what you got. If, hey, if, if this is preventing you from writing in, pick a commentary. But I feel like hard mode is uh, not to pick a commentary. That's all. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Plugs. Destiny. At Fridge Buzz Now everywhere. Um, all right. Jackson. Hevel's off uh, on Twitter and Blue Sky and co-host and most places. Uh, Twitter's currently broken again, um, but uh, you know. Oh been... my! My oh, I was about to say my feed loaded, and then I went to someone's page and it doesn't load. So never mind. <laughs> I am currently also on Blue Sky. Fucked. Yeah, Twitter <laughs> currently broken this morning. So if it remains this broken, it's actually dead. But it, I assume it'll sort itself. I yeah, this this yeah. Um, but. That's where you can find me on the internet. You can find the podcast we do at normapping.com. A uh, whole bunch of cool podcasts there. Go listen to them. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Blue Sky at EM underscore being. Blue Sky is actually just EM being. They didn't allow underscores. Um, I don't use co-host. I guess if Twitter actually dies, I'll probably like remote there, but I don't use it. Um, just not the kind of poster I am. Uh, but if you would like to support the shows and get extra shows, you can go to patreon.com slash mapping for $1 a month. You get the great Gundam project. We're currently watching mobile suit Gundam Igloo, um, which is a CG OVA series from the aughts, which has been surprisingly decent. I like it a lot so far. Oh, it's so <laughs> stupid. We love it. It's really stupid, but like I'm in, I'm genuinely having fun, which has not been true of Gundam in a long time. <laughs> um, and for $5, you get Blockbusters, which we're actually probably recording next weekend about um, Quiz Show. That's what we're watching. Yeah, I that forgot. classic Blockbuster movie. Yeah, Quiz Show. Uh, people were excited when we said we were doing Quiz Show. So I had a good choice, but I, 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 I want to watch it. Hang on a second. I might watch it uh, while I'm house sitting so yeah. I can listen. And if you'd like to give us $10, well, thank you, because uh, we appreciate it. But then you'll get VoIP Life, where we kind of goof off and talk about some bullshit. We recently had on uh, the Internet's own Danica Harrod to talk about being online and weird relationships with posting and social media, uh, mostly. Uh, it was good. Um, I don't know what we're doing next. We have, to, we have nothing. We have fucking nothing. Um, but there's movie episodes. It's a lot of, like just uh behind the scenes and mental health and gaming a lot of gaming so much gaming so much gaming yeah uh if you like this podcast tell your friends promote this wherever you're promoting things twitter's fucking busted by monday it doesn't exist anymore put this on coast put this on uh mastodon uh we're not on mastodon so if you, if you want to put on mastodon thank you you're doing our work for us and I appreciate <laughs> it. uh rate us on itunes tell your friends retweet the posts all the things it is appreciated we will be back in a couple weeks. Uh, I will be posting or, you know, podcasting about movies regularly still. Um, like I said, our blockbusters on Quiz Show will be out very soon. I think in like two weeks. Um, 
And until next time, movies. Now more than ever. Don't expect to like them.